Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Pullman! Hey, that's three! From Carpath and Finland, Jesse Pogujarvi. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherrick goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it! Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, welcome to the party. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. The Eskimos getting ready for what is a rare road game in this first half of the season. They've played seven so far, only two away from home. They will be in Toronto on uh, Saturday afternoon. We'll have it for you on 630 Chad. Morley Scott with the preview. Hey, the game between the U of A Golden Bears and the Oilers rookies announced for another year. It's about a month away. We'll have the details on that. Uh, remember last year, they had it at Rexall Place because there was so much hubbub around Connor McDavid. Back at good old Claire Drake Arena coming up this year. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Plenty to get to. We'll update some uh, relevant results today from the Olympics. Uh, Damian Warner second in the decathlon. We have uh, Andre DeGrasse uh, running the 200 meters semifinal tonight. So we'll uh, update all that kind of stuff. Reed Wilkins with you. Of course, you can always text 630-630. The phone number 780-496-0063. But we're going to kick it off tonight with a very special guest from Rio. It is the CEO of the Own the Podium program, Ann Merklinger. Ann, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to join us. I know, obviously, it, it, it probably can't get much busier for you uh, <laughs> at this time of year. Uh, I'll start with this before I get into some of the Own the Podium things. Your impressions of Rio, Ann, there was a lot of stuff about dirty water, Zika virus, uh, all this kind of stuff going into the Olympics. Your impressions of Rio now that you're actually there. Well, it's a beautiful city, and, um, you know, the residents of Rio and the organizing community have done a great job in, in preparing and planning for the Olympic Games. Okay. Have you, have you seen any uh, anything that, you know, you find a little little concerning, or has it been maybe mostly things were overblown? Well, you know, I think uh, once the competition actually begins, then there's, there's more to... Um, more to focus on, and uh, certainly, you know, the venues are spectacular. The the Brazilian residents are very enthusiastic and keen, and uh, very supportive of every athlete that is competing. And so, uh, to this point in time, it's been, you know, there's been nothing at all to uh, complain about. Exactly the opposite. Uh, you know, I think uh, the city is absolutely beautiful, uh, and um, the games have progressed very nicely so far. Okay. Uh, Canada, obviously, so far with uh, three gold, two silver, and nine bronze. 
a total of uh, 14, and I'll kind of use this to, to transition into some of the on-the-podium on the discussion we want to have. Um, just how do you feel about the results so far, and uh, where are we in relation to the goal that Own the Podium had coming into this? Well, we've had a great, um, you know, a, a great game so far. Our goal is to uh, is for Canada to win more medals than we won in London. We won 18 medals in London, so anything north of 19 will be a tremendous success. That's an ambitious goal. I mean, this is the Olympic Games. It doesn't get any tougher than this. It is, in fact, the you know the ultimate contest, and we're seeing that in in you know in so many sports here. The, uh, there are more countries winning medals than ever before. It is extremely, uh, extremely competitive, and um, you know, for us to be where we are right now as a nation is, uh, is extremely positive. Okay, Anne Merklinger joining us on the phone from Rio is the she is the CEO of the uh, Own the Podium pro program. You know, I'm so glad to, to have you on because during the Olympics on, on this talk show and others on our station, there's been discussions about about uh, about athlete funding and and how it all works and, and and who gets what. I mean, I mean, give us give us the Coles notes of the Own the Podium program. Is this all uh, money from the federal government? Is is there private funding as well? Give people the nuts and bolts of how it's set up. Sure. Well, the one share of the funding is from the government of Canada. About 91, 92% of our overall budget is direct support from the government of Canada. And our job as an organization is twofold. One is to provide technical guidance and support to sport organizations. So we have a small team of technical staff that work very closely with sports to uh, help them um, deliver world-leading results through their high-performance program. And the second responsibility is to provide investment recommendations. And so uh, the investment recommendations are all based on one principle, and that is those sports that have evidence of metal potential, not just for the upcoming set of games, so in this instance it would be real, but also for the subsequent set of games, so for 2020. And that was a, a sh an important shift we made as an organization after London, where we said, you know what, if you want to build a sustainable pool of coding potential athletes, we need to go a little bit deeper. So we've done that, and it's, it's paying off. And in fact, many of the athletes that are putting in tremendous performances here in Rio are also athletes that are tracking for a medal in, in 2020. Okay. Well, well, well. Let me ask. Let me ask you this, sort of, to play devil's advocate a little bit. First of all, before before I ask you some other details. Um, you know, you want to, you, you said provide investment recommendations to athletes with metal potential. Uh, so if, I, if I'm sitting here and I play, you know, darts just to pick a sport that's not in the Olympics, and I say, well, I'm pretty good at darts, but, but my, you know, I can't, I can't get any funding. I, I need the funding. So, you know, I, I, I can't get good until I get the funding, but I can't get the funding until I get good. Is, is, that, a, is that an argument you hear sometimes? Well, yes, we hear that often. And remember that on the podium's um, responsibility and the funding envelope that we provide recommendations for is just one very small piece of the overall funding that's available for high-performing sport in Canada. And the funding recommendation is focused on excellence. It's focused on those sports that have the, the potential to win medals. There's a core amount of money that is provided by the government of Canada for every national sport organization in our country. And and that core amount of funding is to, is to support uh, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of, of their athlete development, uh, the high performance elements that they may have, and the, the funding recommendation that the podium provides 
is over and above that core amount of funding. So it's, it's an incremental amount of, of funding that is focused exclusively around winning wells. Okay, so how do, how do you identify somebody uh, who has metal potential? Because to me, there there could be a lot of different criteria or a lot of different angles to to look at that. Well, what what is on the podium used to say this person? You know, because Anna, I'm thinking you could probably say, well, here are two people who finished eighth in their sport, but one has metal potential and one doesn't. How do you how do you decide? Well, it's not a perfect science, and so, but our job is to work with sports to identify what's the athlete's pathway, what are the, what are the uh, indicators or the competencies that, that would indicate that an athlete is on track for a medal performance. And so it's, it's like a thin line, and, and of course, there'll be athletes that are, are uh, performing above that line, and there'll be athletes that are performing a little below that line, but at least we've captured those athletes that are that are in the ballpark. And so we monitor, the, we work with the sports to, to monitor those athletes, identify what additional resources and support they need. Uh, and it really assists the coaches and the sports in terms of saying, okay, well, this athlete's on track, so, you know, what do we need to do in terms of their their, their daily training environment, their sport medicine, sport science support, to make sure that they continue to stay on track over four or eight years. Okay. Um... And just a couple more for you. Ann Merklinger joining us on Inside Sports tonight. She's in Rio. She's the CEO of the uh, Own the Podium uh, program, which Canada really uh, ramped up, uh, really going into 2010 in, in Vancouver. When it comes to a couple team sports, is it – somebody told me this. I want to make sure it's true. Is it true that men's volleyball and women's basketball um, get funding from Own the Podium, but the women's volleyball and the men hoop, hoops do not, or do they all get something? So six years ago, the government of Canada allocated a relatively small amount of money that was focused, focused exclusively on helping more summer team sports uh, reach the podium over the longer term. So it was really an investment in, in strengthening the system of summer team sports. And so uh, we're seeing the dividends of that investment already here in Rio. There were five summer team sports that qualified for the game compared to two that we had in London. Uh, we had, we've already had one summer team sport win a medal, another one battling for bronze on Friday, uh, women's soccer. We had two summer team sports, uh, make the final eight. And so, uh, given a relatively small investment of money, this, this program has, you know, delivered in spades. So, we know that team sports are so important to, uh, Canada. They're so important to Canadian communities across our country. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that, that's certainly a success story out of, uh, out of the Olympic Games here in Yale. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you this one because you were a member of the uh, Canadian national swim team. Uh, I mean, you were also a curler, but maybe this is framed better in terms of your experience a, a, as a swimmer. Can you, can you compare on the podium and the funding available now to what you would have had as an athlete? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's $64 million annually that's invested on helping athletes uh, with uh, evidence of metal potential. That didn't exist when I was swimming. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's relatively new. It's really only been introduced uh, for the full four years uh, heading into the Summer Olympic and Paralympic Games. There was a significant amount of money available heading into Vancouver. And it was really a test for, 
heard Canada has to say, does this, does this approach in terms of incremental investment focused on athletes that have metal potential, does it work? It worked in Vancouver, and the government said, okay, let's continue this. And since then, uh, we continue to improve as a nation in terms of our overall metal results. But that said, we're never satisfied. We're always looking to how we can be better, and that will be an important part of our responsibility after Rio is to say, okay, here's how we did. Um, we did well. We're never satisfied. We're always looking how we can how we can get better, how we, how we can improve, and uh, you know that'll be our work as soon as we head back from Brazil. Okay. Well, Anne, thanks for filling, filling us in on that. It, it was great to get some of your details, and thanks for sharing your uh, experience. I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this just on a lighter note at the end. What are you watching tonight? Are you at an event, or, or what are you doing? Well, we've been at events all day, and right now I'm just uh, just watching the uh, women's athletics, uh, in, uh, and we're about to, uh, to head into uh, the final, um, the fifth event of uh, men's decathlon and uh, women's hurdles so uh, another exciting night here in athletics okay right on and thank you so much for your time tonight i know you're incredibly busy thank you so much for talking to us on chet in edmonton well thanks so much for having me take care that is ann merklinger checking in live from rio the ceo of the own the podium program so I, I know some of you had some questions yesterday on the ryan jesperson show and again on inside sports so there's you know some of the nuts and bolts of of own the podium and how canada is trying to become let's let's face it a more relevant athletic nation we've done really well at the last two winter olympics uh canada has never been what i would call a summer olympic power certainly our our climate and population would have something to do with that uh she said the goal win more than london they want 18 they want 19 they're currently uh at 14 and uh you know they're could get a decathlon here could get women's soccer there's going to be more along the way so I'm curious to know what you think, 780-496-0063, or you can text 63630. I mean, this is a the, on the podium, as she said, it is over and above the core funding. It's not like you either get on the podium or you get nothing, but this is Canada saying, you know what? Not all athletes are created equal. The excellent ones deserve a little more. And she said it's not an exact science, but if they feel they have some evidence or proof that you're trending upward and you could hit the podium, you're going to get more help. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Damian Warner about to run the uh, fifth event in the decathlon, final one of the day. And uh, Warner currently sitting in second place, so he is doing well. Also... The Canadian men's volleyball team eliminated. That was an early morning match quarterfinal against Russia. Three sets to nothing, 25-15, 25-20, 25-18. Andre de Grasse, by the way, set to run in about uh, 40 minutes, maybe a little less. Seven mountain time is the scheduled time for his semifinal. His semifinal in the 200 meters, the final will go tomorrow inside sports on 630 chad great to have ann merklinger on the show the ceo of the uh, own the podium program as they uh, shoot for a better result a better uh, that's what she said a better uh, matter they want to improve on how many medals canada won in london they won 18 just one of them gold up to 14 so far in rio three of them have been gold including derek druin with that 
dominating, decisive victory in the high jump last night. Uh, you know, it's always interesting when you talk about funding in sport. Some people don't like it at all. Some people think everything should be, you know, private or athletes got to raise money or have other jobs or, or whatever, whatever it is. The successful athletic countries have, have, have never had, I mean, certainly the United States hasn't had a program like that. And uh, Canada's saying we can't. And, and part of it was going into Vancouver, we didn't want to host the Olympics for the third time and not win a gold medal. Now, winter's different than summer, but in uh, 1976, Summer Olympics, Montreal, no gold medals. 1988, Winter Olympics, Calgary, no gold medals. Now, by 2010, there were more sports in the Winter Olympics, certainly more where Canadians were, uh, were leading the way going into the Olympics and would have been expected to do well. But still, they didn't want to be... Do I dare use the word embarrassed and, and not win a medal and not do well in the medal count on home soil? 2010 in Vancouver, we didn't win the most medals. We didn't win the most gold, though. Had the most gold. The United States had the most medals. I think if you look at the only podium program from the, a winter perspective, I think you could say it's working. Now, as Ann Merklinger said, it never stops. You know, you keep going. You keep building for the next Olympic cycle. Um Canada participates in a lot more winter sports than some nations. There are fewer nations involved. Canada should do better. In the summer, it hasn't always been there. She did make a good point. Five team sports competing in the Summer Olympics in London, or in Rio, there were only two in London. Now, Rugby Sevens did not exist in London, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but, you know, still an increase of two to four if you want to look at it that way. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Still ahead, we'll tell you a little bit about the Toronto Blue Jays. They won this afternoon a dugout argument between the star player and the manager. That was pretty interesting. In golf today, Brooke Henderson, medal hopeful for Canada, shot a one under. She's five off the lead, tied for 19th. Elena Sharp won over. She's tied for 37th. Brooke Henderson had an eagle today, but she also had a couple of setbacks with two double bogeys. The U of A Golden Bears, Oilers rookie, set to clash again. We'll tell you when, where. Tee it up for you with Jerry Fleming, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, as Inside Sports rolls along. for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Oh, people like this one, Kellen Kennedy. What, the song? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, cer yeah it's certainly song. not the show. All right, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. A lot to get to this evening. Going to be a fun show. Uh, John Stanton, the uh, founder of The Running Room, will be in studio. Now, that's later on tonight, but I mention it now. I already got a couple text messages in. Uh, John Stanton is the, uh, the founder and president of The Running Room, and... The Edmonton Marathon is coming up on Sunday. So there's a, what, there's a marathon, there's a half marathon, there's a 10K, there's a 5K. It's all, uh, it's all downtown, starts right by the Shaw Conference Center, starts and finishes right by the Shaw Conference Center. I'll be doing the half marathon, so that's always a lot of fun. And if, if, the thing is, we had John in 
earlier in the summer, I want to say it must have been before the Canada Today road race, probably late June, and he came in for the last half hour of the show, and people started texting in questions about running, about getting involved, or some advice or whatever, and but the momentum sort of picked up around 8.53 when the show was ending. So there was a lot of stuff we didn't get to. So uh, if you have a running fitness-type question for John Stanton, don't hesitate to send it in now or in the next couple hours. You can text 630-630. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins, and uh, we'll, get, we'll ask John on the air when he's here from 8.30 to 9. Sound fair? Sounds fair to me. Uh, Kevin Carius is going to be in studio in half an hour. In a few minutes, we will bring in the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. That is Jerry Fleming. He's getting ready. He'll be coaching the Edmonton Oilers rookies at Clear Drake Arena against the U of A Golden Bears. September 21st at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. September 21st. That's going to be the annual game. Last year's game was not at Claire Drake Arena. It was at Rexall Place because there was so much hype around Connor McDavid. They moved it. Over 16,000 fans were there. The Oilers rookies won that game 6-3. Uh, Connor McDavid finished with three on three assists. Leon Dreisaitl had a goal and four assists. That is, uh, that is always a fun one. Do we have Jerry right now, Kellen? Let's get to him right now. Jerry, you're on with Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports. We're live, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks a lot for making time for us, man. Uh, really good to talk to you. We're, we're counting down to hockey season, but how's your summer been? Summer's been excellent. It's been uh, nice to have the time off and to uh, regenerate, but anxious to get going again. Well, no, do you, uh, did you spend the summer in California, or do you, or do you have uh, somewhere else that you go? Yeah, I, I've uh, had a home in Florida since 2000, since I've coached the Everblades, so I go home in the summer, back to Florida. You know, whenever I think of Florida, Jerry, I think of uh, the draft I went to last June 2015, and I just think of being incredibly sweaty the whole time. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that. That's because you had your shirt and tie on. But uh, <laughs> when you're wearing shorts and a flip-flops, it's not so bad. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> hey, uh, the, the, I, was just, I was just saying before you call in, the, the game uh, officially announced today. I'm glad it's back. Uh, continues to be back. September 21st. The uh, Oilers rookies against the uh, Golden Bears. It's going to be at Claire Drake Arena. Look, it was fun for that game to be in Rexall Place last season, but uh, what's it like coaching a game at Claire Drake Arena? Pretty unique rink and a pretty cool atmosphere. It sure is. Uh, everybody's right on top of you. Obviously, the, uh, the building's packed. Uh, the benches are, are a little bit different, especially for the visitors. Um, but, no, a great game. Uh, you know, tremendous amount of history involved in it. So uh, look forward to being a part of that again. What can you tell about? I mean, you've you've been through it. The, the, just the the preparation for that game. How do the how do the Oilers rookies players approach it? What have you sort of seen from them? Well, I think that they a lot of guys know each other from playing junior against one another. Um, so definitely uh, rivalries have been formed already. Uh, you know, guys are excited to play it. They understand, like I said earlier, the history involved in the game and, you know, the the, uh, the energy that that game brings, and everybody's excited to be a part of it. All right. Um, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, an interesting training camp because, I mean, that game is September 21st, and I'm going to have some clips from Gary Bettman later on in the show tonight, but there was an event in Toronto today teeing up the World Cup 
which is going to start September 17th in Toronto. So Todd McClellan is part of that staff for Team North America, as is Jay Woodcroft. Um, that, Jerry, are you, are you looking at an Oilers training camp that might be a, a little different f for you because some of the NHL coaches aren't going to be there the whole time? Well, yeah, so uh, it'll be a definitely uh, unique this year uh, with you know not having uh, two of the coaches there. But uh, we'll get going with uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson, myself, Ian Herbers, uh, Tony, JF, and the staff that we have down there and the remaining staff that they have up in Edmonton. We'll, uh, we'll hold the fort till those guys get back. All right, so have you talked about who, like, is, are Johnson and Herbers kind of going to act like the the head coaches, or have you guys not got that far yet in terms of who runs well, what Well, we on haven't the got that far. We're yeah. headed up there on the 11th of uh, September. Uh, we'll sit down and have three days of uh, coaches' meetings, and we'll go from there. Okay, see, I'm getting ahead of myself, Jerry. You know I do that sometimes. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Fleming joining us uh, with the Bakersfield Condors. How would you how would you sum up uh, last year in in Bakersfield? It was it was a big move, bit bit of a change. How how do you how would you sum up, and what do you look forward to? And you know, I, I guess, and I'm looking maybe more from a community fan standpoint, building that connection, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely uh, disappointing not making the playoffs. Um, you know. But overall, uh, I, I thought uh, we were well, well received by the community. Um, the guys enjoyed their time in Bakersfield. Obviously, uh, you know, new digs, uh, new league. Um, I, I thought that, uh, you know, in the amount of time that they had that our facility to get ready as far as our dressing room was concerned, I thought uh, Barry Stafford did a great job in creating a, an environment where guys wanted to come to the rink every day. Uh, guys wanted to be there. Um, it, it was a, a, a you know top-notch facility. So overall, I, I thought uh, you know everybody um, enjoyed their time in Bakersfield. There's no doubt about it. But um, we want to get back to the community by winning and being consistent in winning and trying to get in the playoffs this year. All right, I, I want to ask you about a, a couple of players, and uh, we'll start with one of your defensemen that you had for a lot of last year. Though he did uh, wind up with the Oilers late in the season, that's Jordan Osterley. He's he's an interesting guy. Certainly some ability there. Uh, you know, when I talk about him, I'm not sure if he's quite ready to play in the NHL full time. That's just me. I know other people think maybe he could be uh, a seventh, sixth defenseman in the NHL. Uh, where do you? And I know you're not going to decide now where he's going to be, but just you know, give me a little bit of uh, your assessment of this young man and uh, what you hope to see from Osterley uh, in camp in about a month. Well, Jordan's a good skater, and, you know, he uh, he might lack physical size a little bit, but, uh, you know, his ability to skate the puck out of danger, uh, he's a hedgy hockey player, he moves the puck up the ice well, um, he's got some good uh, offensive instincts. I, I think he did himself well when he went up uh, last year at the end of the season. Uh, I, I thought he performed well, and I, I'm a believer that, uh, you know, if he comes into camp uh, in great shape, which I'm sure he will be, um, and gets off to a good start in training camp, uh, he'll give himself the best opportunity. I mean, is he at that stage where, you know, maybe a couple of years ago you would have looked at him and said, man, he's he's far away. Is he now maybe in the refining some detail stage, or where would you put him on that spectrum? Uh, yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. You know, I, I think that there's definitely some detailed parts of his game that, that if, if, he, if he improves on, uh, again, if if he comes into camp uh, with that mindset of making the hockey club and performing up to his maximum ability, I think he'll give himself the best opportunity. 
All right, uh, Laurent Brassois, uh, I mean, uh, back at the end of the 15, the 14-15 season, he had that incredible game against uh, San Jose. He nearly stole one. A uh, little up and down when he played in the NHL this season. The Oilers did sign uh, Jonas Gustafsson to, I guess, compete with uh, LB for that backup position. Again, we're not going to, where you and I aren't going to make any decisions here in, in the middle of August. But, you know, <laughs> goaltending is such a tough position. If you, you can't hide your mistakes as a goalie, we, uh, we all know that. Just uh, tell me a little bit about Brassois' development, and I think the angle I'm coming for here is we know with goaltenders, there's so much that goes on between the ears as well as the physical ability, isn't there? Yeah, and I think LB is, you know, in that um, mental state of mind where he can go up there and, and compete for for a job. Um, you know, I think he's just got to work on his consistency and understand that in order to be an everyday NHL player, you've got to be consistent with your game. You can't have many highs and lows. So I think that's something that, uh, you know, he's really going to focus on, um, you know, coming into training camp uh, of just being mentally sharp consistently on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'll just, uh, I just, I know this was uh, put out, I think, a couple weeks ago, but Bogdan Yakimov, he's not going to be uh, on your roster. He's been loaned to the KHL. I know that maybe that that's a kind of a, maybe more of a management question, but you're not, he's not going to be available, right? No, no. Uh, I, based on uh, what I've heard and what I've seen, I don't, I don't think he'll be available to us this winter. Okay. And uh, I want to ask you one more player because he had a really good training camp and he started the season in the NHL and, uh, it, you know, he didn't able, wasn't able to hit the score sheet like he did during the preseason. Anton Slepershev, um you know, bursts of uh, brilliance from this guy when he wore an Oilers uniform, like I said, especially in the preseason. Give me your sense of uh, where he's at. How helpful could he possibly be uh, at the NHL level? I think if, if Schleppi comes into uh, camp, um, you know, and last year was a, a tremendous year for him, uh, you know, learning the North American game, understanding the grind of, uh, you know, a season here over in North America. Um you know, Sleppy's got to come in, and, and uh, like I, it, it comes back to what I just said. Like he learned a lot this year, so if he can take what he learned, apply it to coming into camp, you know, and, and getting off to a good start and, and being consistent again uh, in his uh, in his play every day, he'll give himself an opportunity to uh, open some eyes. Jerry, just a question for you um, in terms of your your coaching experience. I mean, I've asked you questions about guys here who are all developing and maybe in different areas of their development. You must have to be incredibly patient to be an AHL coach because you kind of have to, you can kind of see the potential in players, but you kind of have to let them get there at their own pace. I mean, you want them there as quickly as possible, but you got to realize every guy's in a different stage. So how do you, where does that patience come from for you? I don't know where it comes from. I, I think that, that that coaching, you're always evolving. You're always trying to get better. And every year, um, there's new challenges. There's new situations that arise. And sometimes you can uh, draw back on some of the experiences that you have had in the past that are similar to the situations that uh, arise during the course of the, the season. And sometimes they're new. So you just gotta uh, be, you know, be intuitive, uh, understand. And, and it's tough at times because you know you, you want to win and. But you have to understand that this league is about development and that's the, the patience that sometimes it takes and the understanding that you need to, you know, address every guy's needs on what he needs to work on to get himself the best opportunity to play in the NHL. So I, I, I think, uh, you know, experience is, is a big part of it. I'm going into my 19th year now, and I think that, 
you know, there's new experiences every year that you can draw back upon and, and apply them to this upcoming year. Yeah, awesome stuff. Well, it's it's going to be fun. I look forward to seeing you. The next time we talk, we'll be talking about actual things that have happened in practices and games, which I, which I know you're probably more comfortable with, and me too, quite frankly. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making time for us, man. Really looking forward to seeing you. Anytime. Yeah, we'll see you in the new building in September. Good stuff. That is Jerry Fleming checking in tonight, the head coach of the uh, Bakersfield Condors, and we got into that conversation because he's going to be coaching the Oilers rookies when they take on the U of A Golden Bears, that annual game, again, 7 p.m. on September 21st. And uh, you can already get tickets. You can go in uh, in person to the U of A campus, the Van Valet Complex, or you can go to Ticketmaster.ca. Tickets for our 30 bucks in advance. You can also get them on EdmontonOilers.com, all Ticketmaster location. Game day tickets at the door for uh, 35 bucks. This is generally one of the bigger revenue nights for uh, the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. So remember that, too, if you want to help them out. And uh, usually, uh, I would say it's a good idea to get your tickets in advance and uh, not risk it on, uh, on, on game night. So there you go. That's coming up on September 21st. We are talking a uh, little more hockey now. Olympic talk as well. Uh, the World Cup in Toronto starts one month from today. They're going to have ads on the jerseys, by the way. Yeah, we'll have uh, some comments from Gary Bettman on that as we roll along Inside Sports on 630 Jet. Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Jet. Good to have you along for the ride tonight. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Northlands Park Racetrack and Casino. Western Canada's most important horse racing event almost here. The Canadian Derby presented by CIBC at Northlands Park Saturday, August 20th. I am just uh, watching the uh, men's decathlon 400 meter results being displayed as we speak, Canadian Damian Warner, the third, uh, well, no, now I just missed it. Can I rewind this? Thank goodness for PVRs, Kellen Kennedy. He was third in the 400 meters, gets 941 points. Ashton Eaton, who had the lead going into the competition, uh, was the fastest in the 400 meters. So without seeing the uh, overall standings, that should leave Warner in second place with Eaton first going into the second and final day. So would, there you go. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, oh, there we go. Now I'm getting it on Twitter. Canadian uh, Arash Madani saying, Canadian Damian Warner sits in second place at the mm-hmm. midway point of the decathlon behind Ashton Eaton. So there you go. Quiz for Kellen Kennedy. Okay. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, this would be a great trivia question. Do we have anything to give away tonight? I don't think we do. Uh, look in the book. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I got some stuff, but I got to give it away tomorrow. It's not related to this. Gotcha. Quiz for Kellen Kennedy. Name the 10 events in the decathlon in order. In order? Um. <laughs> you're already lost. <laughs> if you don't know the first one, you're, you're kind of hooped, aren't you? <laughs> they were, well, we just seen, it's not in order, but we just seen one of them, which was 100 meter, or sorry, it was the, what, the 400 meter run. Right, right? and I said yeah. we're half done, so therefore that makes yeah. it event number four. No, five. The, yes, Decal- well, I 10, should explain. Right? Yeah. Deca means Deca 10. Deca means 10, yeah. 
All right. I would assume there's a hundred meter in there too. Wouldn't Here, here's here's the thing. If somebody just wants to play along, phone in seven eight. I I don't know if we have anything to give away. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Name the ten events in the decathlon in order. I know they throw sticks and balls. Well, that's not exactly what they call the events. No, ja- javelin and shot, but I know. But you you would make a great uh, color, a great commentator. Are you just see? And now with the CBC Athletics, here's uh, Kellen Kennedy. Well, we got the stick throwing event coming up. That's right. And then later on, another guy's gonna throw his balls. <laughs> what was that, Kellen? Well, they got the ball throwing. Well, it's called shot put, Kellen Kennedy. Oh, look at this moron walking out in the middle of the field there. He's got a stick sticking out of his chest. That's That has happened. That has we, happened, we should, I know. We, should, we shouldn't make fun. People, <laughs> no, unfortunately, people injury. have been hit with javelins, yes. usually at like high school events and stuff. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, not not good. No, it's, it makes real TV quite a bit. So. Do you, so do you think, okay, so do you think you could name, you said 100 meters, yes. you said javelin. Shot put. Shot put. Mm-hmm. So you've named four of the 10 events. Uh, high jump. High not, jump, you've named five. Yeah. Not, this is not in order. We're high just jump, jump, long jump. Long jump. You've Long named jump. Yeah. you've named six of the ten. Six of the ten. Okay. Now final four. Is there like a cycling? No, no. It's all track and field. Oh, it's all track and field. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, what other uh, runs are there? Think about it. Oh, okay. So I've said 100 meters. So 200 meters. No, there's no 200 meter. Is there a? There's a longer one. Uh, is there a thousand meter? Well, 1,500, 1,500 yes. meter, okay, yeah. Well, they, they do do 1,000 meters, but then they do 500 more. More on top of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm competing in the 1,000 plus 500 meters. Isn't that the 1,500? Uh, I like to break it into segments. Yeah. Uh, you are missing, uh, well, there's a shorter race that involves jumping over something. Oh, hurdles. 110 meter 110 hurdles. 110 meter hurdles, okay. So you're missing. Yeah, that's a big one. Here, I'll try oh, to mime it for you. People won't be able to see this. There, you didn't see what I did. I'm. It involves a really long stick. If we're grave talking about digging? sticks involved, it's not <laughs> yeah, it, does, it is kind of like a long grave digging motion. <laughs> it involves a really long stick and planting it and then going up it. Oh, pole vault. Pole vault. Yes. There, okay. I think you named all of them. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What are we missing? I don't did know. You say, You're the quiz master. What are we missing? Yeah, I've lost my. Did you, <laughs> did you say javelin? Uh, yeah, that's the sticks, right? Okay, here it is in order. Okay. 100 meters, long jump, shot put, mm. high jump, 400 meters. That's day one. Okay. Day two. I think so I missed 400 meters, but anyway. Oh, no, we said that first. No. Uh, no. Tomorrow they'll start 110 meter hurdles. Then they, Oh, discus. We didn't say discus. Discus. So they, yes. so they throw sticks, balls, and, and plates. Frisbees. And frisbees. <laughs> Great, Kellen. We're doing the the heavy frisbee throw. Heavy frisbee throw. That's a discus, Kellen. (laughs) Uh, So tomorrow, 110-meter hurdles, discus, pole vault, javelin, and then just in, so we really tire them out, they end with the 1,500-meter. It's a long event. I'd rather sign up for the 100 meters. You get it done over quick and just, that's it. 10 seconds, you're done. 10 seconds, that's it. That's my Olympics. Okay, see you, folks. Kevin Karius is going to drop in from Global Television. He's here every Wednesday. Eskimos play-by-play voice, Morley Scott, will be on the show as well. Lineup changes for them. An injury to Marcus Howard. He's on the six-game DL. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496. 0063 DeGrasse about to run the 200 meter semifinal.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.